There's incredible personal freedom in truth, yet we spend so much of our lives showing up the way we think we should. The ways that will make our parents happy, our colleagues respect us, society at large accept us, and of course, the ways that will make us look good on Instagram and social media. In My Truth is the antidote to the shoulds. Be a fly on the wall as my guests and I dive into the untruths we're currently living with and work through them together in real time. I'm Sarah Regalhuth, your host, and as I recently updated my Instagram bio to read, I'm not one thing, but many. Professionally, I run Grow My Team. I'm one of the co-founders of the League of Extraordinary Women, but personally, I'm a lot more than that. Last year, I moved through a breakdown. I also moved through a breakup. I also changed my entire career professionally, sold my company, ended 17 years in financial planning, a lot of change. During this period, I had a strong calling to share what was going on for me, to share it publicly on my blog, on my social media. I don't know why, but I really felt that it was important to open up these conversations and share with people what was really happening behind the scenes of my life. This sharing resulted in a lot of people reaching out to me to have deep conversations. And I started imagining what would it look like if other people could listen in on these conversations? What healing could come from that? I knew that I was healing. I knew the people I was having conversations with were healing. And I really felt that if other people could listen to these conversations, to what was happening in real time, as we worked through things, that healing would come for many. And so on a drive from Vancouver to Colorado, a pilgrimage, I would say, where I was moving my life back to the state that has called my heart since the first moment I ever set foot in there, this podcast, In My Truth, was born. It feels healing and growing for me. I believe it's healing and growing for my guests. And I feel that there will be healing and growing for you, my listeners. So let's dive in. Quick disclaimer before we dive in, what we talk about on In My Truth tends to be very raw and can be triggering. I have included in the show notes links to resources and places where you can get support and help if you do find yourself triggered by what we talk about. Welcome everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of In My Truth. I'm super excited today because I have my soul sister, one of my best, best girlfriends, Freya Savage, who is with me from Koh Phangan in Thailand. Uh, it's her evening. There's a little cute puppy, very friendly, barking in the background. So we can all welcome puppy to be part of our conversation. <laughs> uh, and it's really early in my morning here, so my voice is probably a little, little croaky. But this is the life we live, uh, traveling and living in different parts of the world and being so connected, which is amazing. Thanks so much, Frey, for coming on the show. Um, her, Freya and I are working on a retreat. Um, well, there'll be a number of retreats, but our first one's going to be in Ubud in Bali this year. No, it's not. It's in Changu. We changed the location recently. <laughs> it's going to be in, in Bali this year, and we'll tell you a little bit more about that at the end of the show. But Frey was the first person I ever hired in my, um, in my life. Uh, she it was, I guess... Oh, 10 or 11 years ago now. And um, I remember the day that you decided to move on. I cried. I was so sad. <laughs> but the funny thing is, and the lessons that I've learned since is the natural ebbs and flows of life. We were very close from the day we met and we've ended up working together. This is now, I guess, our third project that we're working on together, which is pretty pretty exciting. So welcome, Frey. Tell us a little bit about you, where you're at and what you're doing at the moment. Yeah, cool. It's so nice to be here. 
um you know every time we have a conversation I'm like ah I can swear on this right right okay cool every time we speak I'm like oh fuck like you just light me up you know these conversations that are so so real and it's funny because when we talk on that level where it's like we really get down beneath all the the different facets and the different layers there's actually nothing there to fear like it just feels so light to be there and to be living there and there's so much humor around that um so I always really appreciate these conversations because it brings me back into that to like there is so much joy and so much light and so much love and that actually feels like my truth but it takes time and it takes someone like you know you or like another soul sister or or a soul brother to connect with for me to get into that sometimes I really get into my own my own shit you know and I make up my own stories and my own stuff like even you asking me so tell me a little bit about yourself I'm like oh you know I want to say the right thing or I want to make a good impression I which part which story should I tell you know um so as I'm saying that like I realize I'm going to tell you a story um so I'll pick one because there are many and we did just mention this like the hero's journey type type thing um we don't want to go into too much about it but I I worked in corporate for 10 years in financial advice and I was sitting at my desk one day and I was like you know I would really like cancer like not so much that I die but enough so I can just put a pause button on everything so I can just take some space so I can just stop and I didn't realize that at the time like that that is not a normal way to think or feel like it might be an average way to think or feel like and when I say average versus normal is like I feel a lot of us are living an average life but it's not our normal state and there was another moment of being on the train and I my body wouldn't get off the train at the stop to go to work like I literally could not get up and I realized now I was having some kind of anxiety attack or something. And um, the thought of just going into the going into that environment, going into the office, I just didn't feel right for me. It didn't feel like, it felt like I was living a dream or something. So me and my partner um, decided to go traveling and we traveled for a year and, and lived in Africa for a while. And I decided to totally unplug from the finance industry, just to fast forward the story. And now I am back in it, but in the sense of where I use finance as a tool to support people and myself to live a life of freedom. And, you know, I'm learning along the way myself. Like, I don't have all the answers at all. All I have is experience. And when I look back, I think, wow, I went from, like, living this life in a concrete jungle having anxiety and feeling like so flat and working so hard and having my my calendar in 10 minute blocks to now being able to live wherever I want and work with whoever I want and use my skills and my experience and my wisdom and just be me like people pay me to just be me and I still get so surprised 
by that sometimes and and I guess um in terms of career wise like this is what I inspire other people to do as well like to to realize that you know you don't have to live life a certain way if you want to live life that that way that's awesome as well but there are definitely other ways to do it yeah that's one of my stories we all have so many we are we are not one thing we are many I love that I feel um I've talked about this before but how freeing it has been for me as well to drop my attachment um and my fit my uh need or like assumed need uh, to show up in every way as this finance expert and this personality that I kind of had built and attached to myself around. It's been very freeing over the last couple of years to really unwind that and be all of the things that I am now that I'm constantly evolving into that I'm letting go of. You know, there's just so much and I find that just so beautiful. I just want to share one quick story because I think it's kind of cool and kind of relevant. So the second time Freya and I were working together was at Wealth Enhancers, which was the millennial financial planning company that I used to own. And, you know, this has been my journey to freedom and my journey to living life, how I want to live. And I was in San Francisco one day and the company had been stuck for about four years, kind of in this certain model. And we were really struggling to grow. And you messaged me and you were somewhere traveling. I think you were in Bali and you were like, Sarah, I need your advice. I'm not sure what to do. Should I renew my CFP or not? And you were like, obviously I worked hard to get it. There's no fucking way I'm going to work back in a gray, tall office building ever again. And that's what financial planning is. So is there really any point in keeping it? And that message, I think combined with being in San Francisco, because I truly believe there's an energy in that place because every time I go there, something like this happens it just, this light bulb went off in my mind and I was like, wait, why do my financial advisors have to live in Australia? Why do they have to conform to the standards? Why does the model have to be the way that it is? And I was like, Freya could, actually you weren't working for me, sorry, you triggered this thought and then then started to work with me because of this thought. So I very quickly went into like what I call beast mode, which is when I come up with a new idea entrepreneurially and I just like shut down and it's all that matters. And I created um, or co-created with the people in my life at that time, this new model uh, where we turned rather than having salaries, we put financial advisors on a fee share arrangement, which meant they could kind of take on as many or as little clients as they needed. And also we were already fully remote anyway, but it kind of opened up that space for somebody like you, Frey, to work half the year in Australia and half the year in Bali or whatever it was. And it was fucking amazing. Like that was one of the moments in my entrepreneurial career that I just, I knew so strongly in my heart that this was the right thing to do. And I did what I always do, which is cross check against data. So I did a little um, survey to this XY financial advisory group just to see what younger, like our age and younger financial planners wanted. And it kind of confirmed everything I thought. And we grew revenue by 57% in the next six months afterwards. So it was the thing that unblocked the stuff uh-huh. in that company. So anyway, I just thought that was a cool story because you and I Amazing. have kind of just lived this very interesting life side by side. I'm super grateful to have you as a soul sister walking next to me in this life. It really is Wonderful. Anyway, let's dive in. What's what's uh, what are you? What's your untruth that you're working through at the moment? Anything in particular coming? From- <laughs> wow, there is so much in that. You know, something that you mentioned before, and it, it really um, 
uh, ignited something in me. And it's this thing of like dropping these stories, particularly, particularly as being an expert. Because so to add on to the, the journey that we had together at Wealth Enhancers, I left at the start of this year because I was like, you know what? I actually want to unplug totally and I don't want to manage people's money. I want to teach them how to do it themselves. And I don't want, I want people to, I don't want people to necessarily sign a contract with me. I just want like freedom for everybody, for myself, for them. I want it to be like so free, so, and I want them to be accountable. Um, so I created my, this own kind of, my own kind of business model. Um, and I started to coach people on money mindset as well. And I had a lot of, nerves at the start because I thought I've got to shop and give them the all the answers I'm the expert this is how I label myself and I realized that I don't have the answers like all I can do is share my experiences and maybe be the guide but I think it can be a dangerous path well for me anyway to say like I'm I'm an expert at something. This is what I this is what I know. This is what I'm great at. Because then other people they they come to us and they expect they responsibility gets taken off them and put on to to us, to me. So I had all this responsibility of other people's wealth and their income income problems felt like my income problem and so this has been a really this is something that I'm working through now is presenting myself in a way that's true and it's not like I'm bullshitting I, I feel like there's all I'm almost bullshitting myself when I show up and I'm like okay I'm an expert I've got all the answers because I don't and this is something that I'm working on like how to present myself as a professional and someone who's a guide but also in a way that keeps other people accountable. And I guess, you know, I'd be interested in how you're navigating this as well, because I know you're doing coaching for entrepreneurs. And when someone comes to you and they expect all the answers, and I know I get nervous and I want to perform. I want to like put on a show. I really want to provide. I want them to succeed. And I'm learning how to create more boundaries around myself and be like, okay, if they're not happy, it's nothing to do with me. All I can do is turn up and, you know, give my own experience, set the rules of engagement, um, and that's all. But I notice myself moving back into this state of, like, wanting to be the performer and wanting other people's results to be mine and feeling like I'm responsible for them. Yeah, I feel like the the performance thing, the showing up as, is, you know, a layer that's sitting above our truth, you know, and I think one of the best things for me to do as an entrepreneur is, um, to share, like, like the reality of being an entrepreneur is there is a roller coaster every day, pretty much like things are failing all the time. We're constantly learning. We're constantly, the company is different than the day before. So we're always out of our comfort zone. So I don't, I guess the funny thing is compared to how I position myself in finance, where it was as an expert in entrepreneurship, I'm not an expert in entrepreneurship. I'm just an entrepreneur. And if somebody would like to talk to me about it, mm -hmm. then I can talk to them about it. So maybe it's like this 
forgetting about ourselves and ex- as experts and just being someone that has some space to hold for other people as they work through their money things. Because even on the finance side, like I have my own relationship with money. I have my own issues with money. I have my own stucks just because I studied finance and worked in it for 17 years. Doesn't, doesn't preclude me from having the challenges and the struggles and moving through these different relationship dynamics with my own money um, that are constantly there. And I'm constantly looking for them. Maybe because I surrounded myself in that industry for so long, I'm more comfortable or familiar with looking at it, but I still find myself like, Hmm, you have like really not been thinking about money for a while, Sarah. Like I have a pretty abundant, well, I have a very abundant mindset when it comes to money, actually. Like I just believe it'll come and go, but sometimes that leads me to be, and I also am very willing to pay for convenience and to just, and like to use money to solve my problems kind of thing. Like to just be like, Oh, I don't even, even in relationships, like I do not want to squabble about money. So I'll be like, fuck it. I will just pay. I don't, I don't care enough. Like it's not worth enough, but that's when I look at that, I'm like, is that really like valuing myself? Like sometimes that's, that's my kind of thing that I can go down that path where I'm not like right now, I'm just like eating my capital because my companies are at like in a very much a startup growth phase. I'm raising money for grow my team. Um, I just bought another company, which I'm not running, but like that took up a lot of my cash and like, I'm literally paying myself $2,000 a month for grow my team. So my rent on my house is 3,350. So I don't even pay myself enough to cover my rent, which means I'm eating my capital. And on the one hand, I can tell myself that's like a measured decision, but it's not really like I haven't sat down and mapped all of that out. There's a lot of just faith and trust that everything will work out because it always does. Mm-hmm. But I have to be careful because sometimes I'm like, shit, you just put 50, like this is where I'm at right now. I put $50,000 into my US bank account from my Australian money sometime earlier in the year. And I'm down to my last thousand. And I'm like, yeah. those are the moments where I'm like, now I'm thinking about it. But like, I wasn't really thinking about it that much when I put the 50,000 in. I've just kind of like been totally. living. And so those are my relationships with money just because I'm a finance or was a finance expert, <laughs> like doesn't mean I'm not moving through all of my own things. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. And interestingly enough, you know, when I was working in finance, I actually knew nothing about money. I knew a lot about the investment world, but I didn't know how to manage money. I didn't know, which is the most important thing now, is how to have faith. And that faith, you know, it doesn't show up if you want proof. Like faith is faith. Faith doesn't have proof. And when I think about it, like we're always provided for, like even when we get down to that last, thousand dollars like things happened and you get more clients or like you sell a business or you get an inheritance I mean it always it always shows up like if you do want if you do want proof it's always around you and I guess this is something that has been also like one of my my untruths perhaps that I've been working through is like I am I call myself a money coach, which is maybe another untruth because here I am labeling myself and really I'm just, I'm, I'm Freya. 
I'm very savage and I'm much more than a money coach. But as this label, it's like, am I a fraud? Because I have my own shit going on with money because I've got my own money beliefs that I work through. And then I think, no, I'm not because every day I do the work on them. And like, I think that is what's most important. Like if you're showing up in the world and you're like, hey, I'm somebody who can be a soundboard, you need to be doing the work. Like, I don't think it matters so much what your results are. Like if you are coaching entrepreneurs, as long as like you are working through businesses and you've been in that and you're doing that right now and you're doing the work, then you've got something important to say. And as a money coach, like if I'm doing the work every day and I'm working through these beliefs, I actually, um, a few days ago, I handed out money on the street because I was feeling lack. And I was like, what would I tell my clients to do in this moment? And I'm like, I would tell them to go and do something that feels really uncomfortable, give away something that's important. And so I went and drew money from the ATM and I handed out money at the front of 7-Eleven. So cool. To like see what would that feel like, like to come back into faith. And there's no proof there. Like, you know, I'm not waiting for something to come back to me, but just being in the practice. Like it's a constant practice and it's not the outcome. It's not the result, um, which is something I'm always working on because I'm very, I have been very outcome and very result focused. And now I'm really learning like how to surrender just to the practice itself. Do you know what's really interesting that's coming up for me while we're talking is for many years, I didn't want to work with coaches. I, I, like I want, sorry, I wanted to work with coaches and mentors and things, but every time I went to, I just felt resistance. And I realize now why, because most of these experts, coaches, mentors, whatever, put themselves forward as flawless in the area that I want to seek guidance. And I think my bullshit detector was just like, like I just never believed it. I was like, nobody has everything together in every area of the area of their life ever. Like we have periods where things are going great and periods where we need to work through things. And even when we've worked through something massive, it doesn't mean for the rest of my life, that area of my life is perfect and I will never have an issue again. Like think of your own, think of relationships, think of money, think of work, think of whatever your self-esteem, like, you know, I've just come out of a relationship that shot my self-esteem to shit, something that I didn't think would be able to happen after it happened to me in a short relationship when I was 18, but it's happened again. Like it's another level of learning, another level of discovery of self, you know, so these things, and, and as I was saying earlier with my relationship with money, like it's shifted and changed based on what's been happening. So I had, when I was younger, I didn't really know how to manage money and it was always like money in, money out, money in, money out. And then I obviously worked through that or whatever. Then I fast forward to early thirties and I'd sold some companies and actually had quite a lot of money. And all of a sudden a new thing surfaced, which was like guilt for having the money and guilt for why did I deserve it? And I destroyed a lot of it because I was guilty. Mm. Then I worked through that and now I'm wherever I am right now, which is probably a much healthier respect for what it's taken me to earn it. Uh, But at the same time, like, I think what I'm, like I was saying earlier, like I've got this abundant mindset, but sometimes I just don't focus on it and I'm focusing on other things and trusting that it will all work out, which is good, but it's important to do take the action as well. So that's something that I'm 
I just it re-engaged um, Karen actually to do my financial advice stuff in Australia. So great, yeah, Karen. Karen Batsillis, she's pretty awesome. Um, anyhow, what was like? So my point was, I have never been able to engage and relate to a coach who isn't willing to share with me their own vulnerabilities, their own challenges around the thing. And I, I think I learned a lot through EO, Entrepreneurs Organization, that I'm a member of because in EO, we have a language, a, a way that we communicate with each other, which is experience share. We're not allowed to give advice, actually. So these are very accomplished, experienced, um, successful, whatever that word means to you, people who are also human beings, who also have all of the things. And we meet every month in a forum context. It's confidential and we share what's going on for us. And the and then oftentimes we'll, we'll do like a presentation on an issue, like something we might be being challenged by. Like, you know, I've shared recently on the podcast that I, like during this capital raise process for Grow My Team, like I go through these periods of like self-doubt and then I like take my foot off the gas of the capital raise because I start doubting myself. So I might share something like that, for example. And when we go around the other eight people in the room to respond to my challenge, they don't say, oh, Sarah, you should like just believe in yourself and just do this every day and just make the calls and why don't you do this listing? Da, da, da. Like what they have to do is, or the way that we communicate is to think back on a time in their life when they were going through the same thing where they had to do something they hadn't done before, where they faced self-doubt and what happened and whether they sabotaged it and it all fell apart or whether they overcame their demons and crushed it. They share whatever story so that I can choose to listen and learn and absorb from other people's experience and have space to see what resonates and what doesn't versus them just going, oh, I read this great book and you should make this list and you should do this and you should do that. And fuck, every time I use or hear the word should, I'm like, shove it up your ass. Like, don't tell me what I should do. And I'm not going to tell you what you should do. Tell me what you did do when you were facing this. Tell me what you are doing and let me learn. So I don't know. I think that's just something really relevant is like, as a coach, let's take ourselves or a mentor or an advisor or whatever, like let's, let's stop advising. Let's take ourselves off the pedestal and share the hard stuff Mm -hmm. in this area. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm even looking back to the finance industry and um, the firms that I worked in, they were quite, quite good firms and the advisors, they didn't invest their money the same way they invested their clients' money. And, you know, to me, this is, a un- this is an untruth. Like, whatever you're doing, if you're do- selling a product, a service, anything, like, you must be invested in it yourself. Like, whatever it is, you must believe in it. You must be comfortable to sell it to your mom, your, your best friend. And if you're not, then that's an untruth. Like, then I would ask, like, are you doing it just for the money? And if you are, then like that's out of integrity. And I'm from my, this is from my own experience. Like, and when you're out of integrity, you maybe you don't feel like you want to get cancer, but I mean, (laughs) definitely not a place where for me, like I'm fully expanded. And it's a place like I find that when people are in that mode from my experience, from my clients that I've worked with of like, you know, doing something just, to do it just to sell something that they're in lack 
because it's not self-belief that like what that they have anything to offer of value that they believe in and it's authentic to them so I would also say yeah like if you're whatever you're doing you must you must be doing it yourself like if if I'm giving clients um suggestions or my like it would be on things that I've done myself and I think you're spot on with this like it's sharing experiences and so it's important to go down that path. I mean, I know that I've definitely given advice before on things that I actually haven't done myself. I'm so guilty of that. And maybe it's even something that I'm like, oh, I should do this too, you know? So I'll tell someone else to do it. <laughs> I'll tell someone else to do it. Yeah. Um, but that's definitely a path that I'm, I'm, I'm learning more about and I'm becoming much more aware of it. I also wanted to share with you just before I jumped on this podcast, a friend of mine messaged me and she was like, can you take me to the, the port on Tuesday, the ferry port, because she's leaving at 7.30. And I'm automatically, I got, I got annoyed at the message. I'm like, 7.30 in the morning? No, that's like my morning ritual time. And I almost like wrote back to her saying, no, I have a meeting. And I realized, whoa, whoa, you know, be, be truthful here. Like, just say my morning is sacred for me. That's when I do my, my rituals. I would love to, but that's a, that's a hard no for me. And I was like, whoa, how many things are ingrained in me to, like, show up to because I want to be nice or I want to be liked. Well, we think we need an excuse that's different to the reality. Like why, why is having a meeting a better reason to not than having a meeting with yourself, which is your morning ritual? Like I find that so fascinating. And, you know, if we observe ourselves, thank you for sharing that. If we observe ourselves every moment of every day, it's like catch yourself before, you know, you're running late for something and you start thinking like, Oh, what am I going to say? Like, right. No, you're just late. Like you're just late. Like, yeah, you you're don't say anything. whatever. Like, I mean, yeah. sometimes there's a legitimate reason, but for me, generally there is no legitimate reason. Like I'm just in my own fucking world and I'm late. Like, yeah. and I remember I used to always be like thinking of these excuses and my mind still goes to it sometimes where I'm like, Oh, what are you going to say? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, no, you're, right. you're literally just like, Didn't you get a coach yes. to like help you to stop being late? Okay. Well, I got <laughs> a coach, hilarious. I got a coach and then that ended up being, I didn't get a coach to help me, but that ended up being the thing. And okay. I like interviewed people. She, she challenged me to interview people to find out how it made them feel when I was late and blah, blah. And then I was trying to like, did all this work for like six months to try to not be late. And I'm like, how hilarious. Like, and I'm 38 years old. That was like 15 years ago. Oh no, maybe 10 years ago. I don't know. It was, yeah, probably 10, 12 years ago. I'm like, I'm still late for everything because how about we accept who we are rather than trying to change? Right. Like this is the thing, right. About like coaches and certain, I'm, I'm not criticizing her. She was, she was wonderful. Well, I am criticizing her, but I mean, she's a great person, but I look back on this whole, I think we're seeing a real shift in the world between like, I think we're seeing what's possible. Like they, they, it feels like there was this right way to be and this wrong way to be. And I think that's just such bullshit. Like, mm. you know what? I am just late. Like, and if I know it's so important to this particular person for me not to be late, that's my work is to 
see that person and one, try to show them who I am and how it's not related to them if I turn up late, but two, maybe make that little bit of extra effort because I do value them and all of that. You know, those are the things we can look at and we can discover, but trying to be a different person to who I am, trying to be right, like that this, and I, I feel like we're seeing this shift, particularly in a professional sense away from like the professional self and the personal self. And we talked about this earlier on the show, but I find it so freeing now to be able to just share everything and anything that I'm going through on my social media. Like I've been feeling really angry the last couple of days about some things that I won't share purely because, you know, as much as I want to be in my truth, I don't need to share other people's shit as well. But I've been feeling really angry and instead of kind of taking it out on that person or having some kind of aggressive conflict or whatever. It's just like, they know how I feel. I'm just going to remove myself from the situation and I'm going to express and create and use my anger constructively. And I'm really proud of myself for doing that these last days because I could have kind of let it consume me. Um, but instead I created a new pitch deck with this new idea we're working on for Grow My Team, evolved idea. and I created a video and I sent it out to all my investors so they know what we're working on. And then I went and cleared like a couple of hundred meters of ski trail in a friend's private ski resort, like a frigging lumberjack. And it was amazing. Like I was in nature all day. I was moving logs. And throughout the day, my anger started to dissipate as it had been channeled into other areas. This is something that we're going to be doing in in the retreat as well is using like the essence of anger um which is which is the the goddess if you're into tantra is the goddess kali and she is transformational and anger is transformational and it's exactly it's funny that you went out clearing land because this is a clearing a, a clearing type of emotion and it really allows us to clear for something else to grow and if we can harness our emotions in a way that's like supportive of our growth and our and our our alignment and our expansion then there is there is actually no there's no nothing wrong with any emotion like there's no bad emotion they can all create something beautiful yeah I think it's like interesting because anger is something that I've always or not always but for many years I've identified as like especially when we take our anger out on the other person. It's like, let's just stop for a second because the anger is the surface level emotion. Like what are you feeling underneath it? Because it's a power emotion. It's a kind of aggressive, it makes us feel powerful and righteous to be in our anger. But if we dig underneath what's there, I mean, and I know what's there for me these last days is this kind of, uh, I I think there's a number of feelings. There's, there's rejection, there's disappointment in self for not seeing things as they were. There's, you know, those kind of like feelings of like not enough essentially. Um, But what I embraced this time around was like allowing myself to see that those other things are there, but to just let myself feel that anger and let it transform me and almost let it like by by channeling it, I feel like I, it's like I burned away those other feelings or like, I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. Like I cleared it somehow through the use of the anger in a constructive way versus I think that challenge is like not to 
use anger in a more destructive way that creates more of whatever this like underlying issue or challenge is. I think that's what often happens with anger. And that's where I rejected anger was because I've seen it be so destructive and just further the cut the issue at hand that's caused the anger. Um, yeah. And so, I think from my experience is like really looking at emotions and things like anger is that our emotions don't really have anything to do with anyone else. I mean, they like obviously an event would trigger it and, and maybe, maybe that person has done something, you know, that would be considered bad or wrong or um, out of integrity, out of integrity, but that our emotions, um, just want to be seen and I've been like really practicing just being aware of what I'm feeling and that no action actually needs to be taken out of it like there's nothing that I need to fix which has often been something that I go straight to an emotion and then okay I want to fix this now and instead to really like sit with it um, there's a great book the um, power the art of letting go have you read this book Mm, I don't think so no I mean that's pretty much just what it's about the title but it's like I need to be reminded constantly the book is constantly says and let go (laughs) and I'm like oh yeah I forgot and let go oh yeah I forgot (laughs) um okay this is something that has come up for me that I'm really interested mm -hmm. in your perspective on maybe have some experience Mm -hmm. shares but you know you're on the spiritual path as well do you ever find that like I think this concept of like bypassing or Mm -hmm. um almost like condoning or excusing or like not making space for the real emotions because Mm -hmm. like it can be really confusing the spiritual way of like unconditional love and yeah it all like I'm so quick to like own everything myself and look so internally and everything is a mirror for me mm-hmm. and all that's true but far out it's confusing like I've just literally woke up and realized that I've condoned so much shit yeah. because I was so willing to just take this like spiritual road where I have to do all of the work myself and it's a mirror for me and everything's a fucking mirror to the point where like I'm in a kaleidoscope <laughs> and like I don't even know. Right. like I, have you yeah. Do you struggle with this balance between like... Oh, my God. Totally. And it's this dance between the two because it's like, okay, yes, you know, forgiving is so important. Forgiveness is so important, but you can... But forgiveness without condoning what someone else has done if they have wronged you. And for me, that's like a, a forgiveness that might... It probably doesn't mean going to them and saying, like, I forgive you. It's more of a forgiveness inside of myself for feeling what I, what I felt and for releasing like any animosity towards them, like having compassion towards them and like, okay, that's their own journey. But then I've also found that, you know, with my part, with my partner, for example, there are things that I would often let slide like around, around jealousy. So I'll give you an example. Um, so recently he, I said to my partner, I'm going to go to contact dance which is like, if you don't know what contact dance is, it's like aesthetic dancing, but you dance with somebody else and you use, you kind of follow their, I mean, it sounds, yeah, their energy. Like you can feel where they're going to move next and you kind of move together as one. So there is touching and there can be like a sex, definitely a sexual undertone to it. 
but it depends on your own intention. Like you can, it doesn't have to be. It's it's really up. You create whatever you want, but you do use you do use partners in it. So he said that he's on. He he. Why do I want to go to that? Um, why would I want to go and dance like touch other men? That was something like this. Like that was his words. And there was a moment where I'm like, you know what? I don't even want to go that badly. Like I don't care. I'm just gonna leave this. Not worth it. And then I, I won't go. It's not. It's not worth. It's not worth going into that and be like, oh yeah, you're right. Okay, whatever. And maybe I would have done that because I actually don't really mind if I go or not. I'm not dying to go. And if maybe if he came to me first and he said, you know, I feel I feel jealous about this. My insecurities are coming up. Um, I understand it's my own insecurities and my own fears. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I'm like strong enough to take this right now if you go. And that would be a different conversation. But I felt like my boundaries were being were being crossed. My freedom was being crossed. And the, his insecurities were coming on to me. Um, and it was rather than about his insecurities, it was that I was doing something wrong. And so I decided to get angry. And But it was a decision. And I decided to let my fire out and to like, be like, no, I get to decide what I'm doing. I get the freedom. I get to decide what my intention is. No one else gets to decide. You definitely get to ask me and you definitely get to tell me how you're feeling. But let's change the way this this is going going down. And I and I allowed myself to get angry about it, and it was so helpful. And it was angry in a way that I was very aware of what what I was doing, what the conversation, what, what I was sharing with him. I guess it wasn't like you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong. It was more of this is this is what's important to me. This is how I want to be want to be asked, and this is how I want you to share what you're feeling everything is welcome but share it in a way that's constructive and I found that so helpful to like sometimes let anger come out and be clear on your boundaries particularly if it's someone that's in your life consistently if it's just one person and you meet them once and like you know um the the waiter's rude to you or whatever I just leave that because you don't need to, there's nothing you need to do with that relationship you're not going to see them again you don't need to teach them a lesson it's not your job or anything so but if it's someone who's in my life consistently then I definitely go into it and I don't bypass in the sense of letting it go like I talk about it because I'm like okay there's something here that's triggering both of us and I'm not just going to let this let this go but I decide what am I going to let go and what am I not going to let go and I I think for me it's been an important experience to not be so submissive yeah um in spiritual path and just letting things yeah like oh whatever like being clear on what's important to me and to me freedom is so important that's my number one value same so so I know that if someone crosses my freedom or someone tells me what to do. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, I and and if I there has been times where I've let it go, um, and I don't feel good. So I know it's better to say something. And yes, conflict will probably arise, but I'm prepared to fight for, not fight, but I'm pre- pre- prepared to go into conflict to voice what's important to me, even though to have those difficult conversations. I don't know if that was your question or not. 
Yeah, well, we were just talking about that whole like struggling with mm. spiritual side and like I think like what, what, what else is coming up for me is because you were talking about forgiveness as well. It's like we can forgive. We don't have to forgive instantly. Like there's, there's some space mm. between like this is what's happened and it's bringing up like five different emotions for me and I need to work through them um, because I also am worthy of the space. I am worthy of honoring all of those things and, and being able to explore and deep dive into why those things are coming up for me. It doesn't mean I need to like take it out on the other person, but like I can, I can have mm. all of those feelings and emotions and move through them. And then forgiveness is that piece that you can come to at the end of that process. But I think I've definitely found myself so often just falling into this place of unconditional love and condonement of other people because I know that everything they do comes from their own pain and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, I don't need to say that either. Like, you know, a recent message I I sent was like, I'm angry. I feel all these things, but I know that, you know, I know that you don't know what you're doing. I know that this, I know that that, and I just excused all of it at the end of the message. Mm. And I read it to my therapist yesterday and she was like, like, it's really great that you've taken this stand and spoken your truth, but you've also like wrapped around this whole little condonement and excuses for them. And I'm like, gosh, I'm like, that's absolutely what I do. And it's like, there's a place for that, but that would be later. <laughs> like right now, right. you know, I can feel the things, I can say my piece and take my space, to move mm-hmm. through it all. And like, it's fine that I know all of that stuff, but like, it's almost like I'm not even giving myself permission to really feel into how I may have been treated in a certain situation because I'm so willing to work on myself and so willing to look at my own flaws and, and own everything that I sort of like almost, yeah, I just jumped to that place of forgiveness and unconditional love and understanding and blah, 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 which obviously comes from my own insecurities, my own abandonment wounding, my own like not wanting people to leave me and anyway there's a lot wrapped up in that (laughs) oh my god there's so much in that and I also there's something else that's coming up for me right now and our emotions emotions are so for me they're so easy to catch and we've spoken about this before it's like you speak to someone who's in a shitty mood or who's feeling alone or is feeling lack and then all of a sudden you're feeling it as well and you just can catch them. And so I think, you know, to be also have um, some discernment with emotions because emotions are not always the truth. They might be someone else's truth, but they might not be your truth. And if we are constantly focusing on our emotions and letting them guide us, like if I'm doing that, I'm not fucking doing anything. I'm just going to be in my room like doing so much self-work, which I see people doing, by the way, particularly in the places I hang out in Ubud. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Um, and that's never ending. It never ends. It never ends because we're human. And this is also what makes us so beautiful, our vulnerabilities and our empathy. And I say empathy rather than compassion because we literally feel what other people are feeling. And we even feel what we were feeling in the past, not even happening right now in the present moment. In the present moment, like when I know you, you know, you can say this and whatever, but when you really feel it, and there's, I'm not saying that I feel it all the time, but there are some moments that I feel it. 
everything is actually beautiful in its present moment. Like everything is fine. Everything's more than fine. But as soon as we start going into the past or the future, worrying about stuff, then all these emotions come up. And we're like, where does this come from? It's the emotion that's not even actually real. Like it's not even actually here. We're just bringing it all in. And so I think like, you know, for me, one of my, one of the most transformative practices that I've found is learning how to change my state. And it's not, and this come out, might come back to spiritual bypass. It's like, un, yes, I do journaling, like where's this coming from? What's the story behind it? I'm aware of it. But then I want to go and do something like go out in. I go out in nature, I go to the beach, I go and do something that makes me feel good. I work, I do something that like expands me because otherwise I can get stuck in it. And then I'm moving from one emotion to the other, to the other. And it's fucking exhausting. And there's more, we're more than our emotions, you know? And then don't even tell me about thoughts because then if we're dealing with our thoughts, if you're feeling one emotion, we have thousands of thoughts that come from one emotion. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's whatever emotional state we're in, that's the kind of thoughts that then we're going to create. So I find that transforming my state and if I'm always coming back, if I'm constantly coming back to a particular state of like lack or anger or fear or whatever it is, then I'm like, okay, this is something I need to work through. And this is something that keeps coming up for me. And that's where I do the work. But I don't want to get stuck there, stuck in that place, mm. you know? Yep. Is there anything at the moment that you're, like what's coming up for you at the moment that you're working through? Um, so I find my relationship has been my biggest, my biggest vehicle for self-development. I'm also aware of, you know, um, the privacy of my partner. Yeah, I think that's kind of like what I alluded to earlier. It gets a little tricky. We want to be in our truth, but we also don't need to share other people's stuff. So Right. I even, I'm even feeling that with that story I shared before about the contact dance. I'm, I'm even thinking about that. Like, you know, I didn't ask permission to share that story. And... Um, I, I do I do sometimes take advantage of being in a relationship because like I wouldn't share a client's story. I mean, I, I would with their permission and I w- obviously wouldn't use their name, but in a relationship, it's like, okay, I'm just going to share this. And I'm very, I'm very aware of that. Like, you know, taking almost taking leniencies because they're, they're, he's my partner of like assuming what he would be okay with or that he should be okay with it. You know, that's right. Even um, sitting here, I'm, I'm <laughs> you can ask him before we that. go live. Thanks for sharing that you're thinking about it, though. It's vulnerable. Yeah, but I, I do want to. I can. I do want to share something about this that I, I can share. Is um, my partner and I went through a period of opening up our relationship, and that was for we were to, we were together for four years before we decided to do that, and we opened for six months. It was very. Um, conscious and I know that word like the hot the hot word right now but it was we spoke about everything before it happened we got a relationship coach to help us through the process of it all um we asked permission from each other 
neither we didn't have it wasn't like a, a one night stand type of vibe like the other person involved we communicated with them for months before we even met up with them um so like you know if before anything physically had the chance of even happening there was the invitation of us all speaking together it was very a, a lot went into it and um, we recently decided to close it and there are two parts to this and there are two truths and this is what I think of like being in my truth is same with emotions you my truth can change and sometimes the truth has many layers in it like one of the reasons that I I've been asked a few times like why do we close it and definitely one of them is fear the fear for of my of my partner um finding someone else which I understand you can find someone else anyway, whether in an open relationship or not, but there is definitely, it's more heightened. And the fear that he will leave me because out of, um, because I have, you know, hurt him, which I understand can also happen outside of an open relationship. The fear of my own guilt and shame around being with other people, like of not being a good partner, of there being something wrong with me because I, I'm with other I'm with other people and maybe I don't have the capacity to love someone fully and there's something wrong with me because I, I have space to love other to not necessarily love but to lust after other people and to be with other people. So all of that yeah, I'm very aware of. And then on the other side there is also this other truth of the beauty of committing to somebody in a way that my energy is cycled just to him in terms of romantic relationships and that there is something beautiful in kind of in renouncing sexual experiences with other people and and focusing on a romantic relationship with one person and there's definitely a part of me that loves that fairy tale story, you know? I do. I know all of these. You're speaking my mind. <laughs> yeah. And so there are many truths with this. And I think there are many truths with everything. Oh, totally. There, there is no one, generally one truth, you know. It's, we're multifaceted and actually um, a great friend of mine, he has this, I, I love this analogy, he said, Everything is like a rainbow, you know. If you put all the colors together, it's 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 clear. Like in in light, there are all the colors, but we're all living in these different in these different colors of the rainbow. And my truth is orange. Your truth is blue. You know, the my neighbor's truth is is purple, and they're all true. It's like when someone's like, "What you know? What's the best diet?" well, keto diet does this, this, and this, and it helps with diabetes, and, like, it's really efficient with fuel, and da-da-da. And then someone else, which is me, is like, ah, I'm mostly, I'm raw vegan because it does this, this, and this. And there are studies that are going to back up Everything, yeah. They're both true. What feels good for you, yeah. (laughs) Right? And there are also studies that say that there are also studies that, don't back them up and they find it's not true 
Um, like recently I shared, there's the, I've, the names eluded me, the Japanese um, scientist, they, some, he's called a pseudoscientist, who did the study with water. And how mm. water can change the water water can change based on our on our thoughts. Um, and I shared this on my on my Facebook business page, and alluding to the point of how important our thoughts are, that they can actually change our reality. And then someone commented on it, this article saying that someone some scientists repeated the study and they didn't get the same result. And so it was it's not true. Pseudo, pseudoscience and I thought and then I'm like this is perfect I'm like that is true that's true as well if, if you yeah. don't believe it if you don't believe it's true it's not true and if you do believe it's true it is true because there are also people that have repeated this study and it has been true we've been conditioned to like fight for the truth like and to try to prove mm -hmm. each other right or wrong or whatever and I mean mm -hmm. I'm two and a half years myself into this journey of non-monogamy and open love. And um, that's probably the biggest thing I've learned. And the phrase that I go to all the time is like, I'm not living in a black and white world. I'm not even living in a gray world. I'm living in a rainbow. And, you know, it's, yeah. there's just so much to everything and there is no right or wrong. There is no ultimate truth. There's just, what am I feeling mm. right now? And for me, you know, I love to di keep digging back the layers and peeling them back to really find what, what's at the bottom of it. And this has been one of the most transformative and oh, like incredible vehicles for growth to use your words. I think um, you said earlier this period and, you know, I've now experienced being deeply in love with two men at once. And that is amazing and confusing and complicated and and to have these two very different relationship experiences existing side by side. Um, but it's, and it's blowing your own mind because we've been told our whole lives that that's not possible. And you're like, well, hang on, I'm like living it right now. Right. And then to understand that <laughs> and to move through all of those feelings of like, is there something wrong with me? And I'm absolutely still in that place. Like I'm a lot mm -hmm. further along the path of acceptance of how I am, but I, and I speak very openly about it and I am quite confident about this path I'm on, this journey I'm on, but I still, you know, if I'm having a low day and something's happened that maybe is, you know, bruised my ego a bit and I'm feeling a little rejected, it can be very easy for my emotions and then my thoughts to go down this path of like, why do you have to be so different? Like, why can't you just be, you know, I was married. Like, why couldn't you have just stayed married and monogamous and like, with the picket fence and not that Finn and I were never living like a picket fence life. We were very, you know, we ventured the world and pushed the boundaries mm -hmm. and always challenged the status quo. But I still am like, why wasn't that enough of a challenge of a status quo for you? Like, why did you have to, <laughs> but this is who I am and there's no answers to the whys. There's just for me continuing to dig into the truth and practice acceptance of self and love of self, love of all those things. And, being okay with being how I am. Um, but the thing that I'm enjoying as well the most is how I am and being vocal about it opens up a lot of conversations, both on this podcast, but also behind closed doors and l learning over time that I'm less different to everybody else. I'm just more open about it potentially. <laughs> right. 
Yeah. And I mean, that's the other thing is we, because of these emotions that we all catch, we're all feeling the same thing. And if we're, yeah, if like we're, we're feeling something about monogamy and monogamy is fucking hard. It is hard. Mm-hmm. Non-monogamy is fucking hard. It's all, it's, it's all hard. All, but you know what I, you know what I think and what we're talking about here is just consciously choosing. And I think that's really important. Like I know the biggest thing I've learned throughout this process when it just comes to, you know, designing a relationship is actually designing it and actually being conscious and actually choosing whichever way you want to go and whichever way will work for you. You know, I just think that's, really where it's at is like not making these assumptions and just going along with what we've been conditioned to believe and just having the conversations and making the choices. And it it's constantly evolving because, you know, you're growing and you're experiencing things and um, we're experiencing the fears and the jealousies and the insecurities and the things that are real that can exist within monogamy or non-monogamy, but facing them. I mean, we, in my last relationship, my last primary relationship, we were monogamous for six months and the jealousy that was experienced in that six months was higher than the jealousy experienced when we were open because the reality was we had already, we started our relationship open it was like we knew who each other were. And so going into this monogamous period for us was like difficult because it was hard to get away from what we knew we both at some level wanted. Um, but anyway, it's mm-hmm. like such a journey and it is constantly evolving process life. <laughs> this is just a, like a microcosm of the rest that represents the rest of our life. Anyway, I feel like we should probably wrap there because we could literally talk forever in a day. And I want to chat a little bit about our retreat before we finish up. Um, October 25th to 29th, Mm -hmm. Changu in Bali in a beautiful villa, um, Breeze Villa, which is actually owned by my friend. And it is so stunning. I've spent quite a bit of time there and it is very, very peaceful, overlooks some rice rice patties. It is absolute luxury. We have, it's a small retreat. We have 10, 10 spots only. Um, and if it resonates with you, really what we're doing is bringing 10 women together plus us. There'll be 13, 14 of us in total with um, you and me and uh, the people that are helping us out and doing workshops and things. Um, but really we're bringing these 10 women together as we journey together into the deeper layers of ourselves and using that feminine energy and that connection to step more into that authenticity, more into that truth unapologetically and that's not sometimes I think that word can sound aggressive but that's it's really about transforming from having to show up and feeling like we have to show up and getting comfortable and getting confident and getting stronger in the practice of being with our real true authentic selves yeah totally and this is something that is I'm so excited for because I feel like I can never get enough of this like I'm like, yes, I'm so truthful. I spoke my truth. <laughs> and then the next day I'll be like, shit. Oh, it never ends. <laughs> you know, like I, I always told my, I always told my friend that, no, I've got a meeting, so I can't take you <laughs> to, the, to the board. You know, it's so, it's so constant. And, um, I, and I, and I love this 
camaraderie of like coming together to be in our truth and to work together and to support each other in our truth and to hold a non-judgmental space for each other to share and I think like um you know learning as well how to share with other people who are perhaps not as open to hearing truth and how to navigate that landscape as well like with our partners our careers in other areas of our life how we can still live in our truth I think life really starts to shift relationships shift as we step into truth and it becomes far richer, far more connected, far more beautiful. But there are some challenges that come with it as well, because not everybody wants to be in their truth. Not everybody is able to hold space for your truth. Not everybody is able to, I think the other funny thing when you're in truth is that you fuck up, you know, but you're in truth. So then you tell the person, look, I messed up, you know, and in this situation, this context, you know, I lied. Yeah. I hid myself from you and I want to, I want to come clean on it now. And I want to do that. And that's difficult because I think everyone's out there living in this pretend we're all pretending that everyone's honest and only the person there's big bad liars out there and you have to just run away from them mm-hmm. when the reality is most of us, and I'm not going right. to say everyone, but most of right. us are living in these different areas of truth. And in my experience and you know, mm-hmm. it's, been my really close girlfriends where we've elected to live a life of deep truth over the last few years it's actually a real struggle because people don't necessarily always want to hear your truth and navigating that can be really difficult and navigating sitting in your shit when you fuck up and when you own up to it like that's challenging because maybe in the past you haven't worried about that you haven't owned up to it you've just lived with the lies or lived with the hiding and I've talked about this before but you know everything we're talking about with truth is a spectrum you know we're not necessarily saying that these are outright lies that you're looking people in the eye and mm-hmm. saying this is more about sometimes we don't even know the truth of ourselves because we've been so conditioned into you know, when you were sitting on the train that day and um, having those feelings about not wanting to be in the office it's like and in those moments, we don't even know the truth that we can choose a different life. You know, we don't mm. even realize until we start digging into it and start actually owning, fuck, I'm miserable here. Like I'm miserable. Like the moment you speak the words, all of a sudden, a little bit of space mm. gets freed up to start questioning, well, what else is possible? What else is out there for me? So, so true. Long, yeah, and I guess that's the point of courage, you know, yes. where courage comes in and where our frequency actually changes. Yes, truth takes more courage and bravery than I think anything else. And so, to all my soul brothers and sisters out there who are walking this path, like be kind to yourself when others are not, um, and just congrats on your on your bravery and your courage because we're not living in a world that embraces it yet I think we're starting to which is really amazing so uh it'll be in the show notes if you're interested this is a women's only retreat Freya and I would love to spend five days with you in a place that is very 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 dear to our hearts um both of us I think I I think I speak for both of us when it's like a heart home or a soul soul Mm -hmm. connection place um we would love to have you there there will be lots of fun things like nudity and worshiping and (laughs) and vegan food and 
crying and laughing and embracing and connection and and all of the things and we would love to have you with us if it resonates with you yeah amazing so if nothing more i don't think there's anything more we can say on that and i think we've covered hell of a lot of ground in our conversation today thank you so much frey for coming on the show i've absolutely loved it my pleasure thank you so much for having me on Thanks for listening to this episode of In My Truth. You can find the show notes on my website under the tab podcast or sarahregelhuth.com forward slash In My Truth podcast. To stay updated on all of our episodes, subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcasting app. We cover some pretty intense stuff in our episodes. So if anything is coming up for you, please don't be afraid to reach out for help. In the show notes of every episode, you'll find a list of resources but good friend Google will always be able to help you depending on where you're located in the world. Remember, you're not alone and there is hope even though it may not feel that way at times. Talk to someone, a friend or family member and let them support you. Reach out to a professional, do whatever you need to start your journey back to feeling good. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, either publicly or anonymously, head to my website and book in. Once again, it's sarahregelhoof.com forward slash in my truth podcast. Thanks again for being here.